The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023, season 19, episode number 24. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Very bright <laughs> SWBC studio at the Star. We appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of The Break. Guess what? It is the season. We are now into our daily shows. I get to see y'all every single day of the week. And I'm Herday. so, so, so excited because there's so much we can talk about, and I assume this is going to be like every other season. So many twists and turns, and uh, I'm sure our listeners will be tuning in to hear what you guys have to say as we lead them through another season here on The Break. Let's start first today with some conversation around a couple of injuries. Uh, Tyler Smith yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, left guard, starting left guard for the Cowboys. He leaves practice. What do we know about him at this point? Uh, It's being reported as hamstring tightness on Tyler Smith. Jerry Jones himself said on 105.3 from the fan this morning that uh, he'll get a, an MRI, which we can deem as precautionary based upon the context that Jet Jones provided. He said that the Cowboys aren't concerned right now as far as potential uh, him potentially missing the Sunday night against the uh, New York Giants. They want to see what the MRI says. But as it stands, cautious optimism, but optimism nonetheless. Uh, we are waiting to hear on word on Sam Williams, who's dealing with what's being described as a turf toe, uh, as Brian said online on Twitter, uh, when it comes to his ability to push off, that is a powerful trait for Sam Williams. And if you're dealing with turf toe, then obviously you're going to have an issue there with your get off. So I want to see what Sam Williams can do in practice this week, if anything at all. Donovan Wilson did not participate in practice on Monday. It was a little bit of a lighter practice uh, today being Tuesday is going to be a break. Tomorrow is when they really when the rubber really hits the road. I'm really curious to see what Donovan Wilson's week looks like from Wednesday forward. But my he is on the court. Let's he, make he that is clear. on the court. Yeah. Uh, and Mike That's McCarthy also said on Monday that he, Dono, had a great workout on this past Friday. So optimism there as well. I think Donovan Wilson's story will be told later in the week, Friday, probably Saturday walkthrough, and then they'll make the determination if he's going to make the trip. Uh, and it might even be a game-time decision. But nonetheless, he's trending toward at least taking the field. Possibly. Yeah, that's the one that's kind of been slow uh, yeah. to heal. And they're they're being very cautious with it. But hearing this really good progress with it. The the plan is to get him ready to practice and play this week. That's the plan right now. I think the one you need to be concerned about is the Sam Williams mm. one. That's the I uh, from my understanding they're going to take him out here today and work with him and see where he's at with that toe. Is he able to push off on it? Is he able to plant, redirect, things like that? If if that's a problem then today then I think that'll make a determination whether he practices and plays this week. So today is a really, really important day for Sam Williams to be able to go against the Giants on on Sunday night. Flipping back to Donovan Wilson, after missing all training camp, is there? can you really expect that he's going to, to play much? Even if he's healthy enough to get out there and play, can you expect that he's going to play much on Sunday after missing so much practice time? 
I, I would suspect so because he's he's a veteran uh, and he knows. not from necessarily oh, standpoint of understanding what he needs to do. Just yeah, up. yeah, just ramping him up. Do you think you can expect like that they what, would play I him as much? Jordan Lewis. I mean, Jordan has been out a longer time, but I would expect you do that even with veteran guys just right. because of. The physical aspect mm-hmm. of it, you can't just throw somebody and out soft there. Tissue. So I, I would expect that he would start, uh, and I would expect that in comparison to Jordan Lewis, he Donald would see more reps. Yeah. But I don't think it would be a full workload for that for that particular yeah. reason. So I think it'd be a good mix of of him and the younger guys behind him, Marquise Bell and Juanye Thomas, and things like that. So I don't suspect it'd be a full workload, but it'd be more of a workload than we'd probably see from Jordan Lewis. Though depends on how you feel about going in the game of playing against Darren Waller, and I know this mm-hmm. week we'll get into the Giants and that's the really the new addition for the Giants that's going to present a problem for your team is dealing with a big tight end that could play down the field and you know how much do you feel like that that Wilson could help you there or do they have a plan with somebody else in coverage you know I think the thing with you could use curse and think about that or you could play curse down and then think about using somebody else but when you play Darren Waller, it needs to be size on size there. Mm-hmm. Again, something we'll get into this week. All right, we'll get to that. I do want to real quickly, though, also mention uh, Tyler Smith. Let's talk about him just a little bit. Let's assume for a second, uh, not that they have any reason right now to believe he can't play, but let's assume for the sake of discussion, he can't play this week. You have some different options on the team, guys like Awesome Richards, Chuma Odoga maybe, uh, TJ Bass. Where do you guys feel most comfortable if you have to uh, to plug in a guard to play this week, if Tyler Smith is is unable to go, I think from their standpoint, they would like to believe that guy is Chuma Idoga. Um, that's what you yeah. brought the veteran in to be. But I, I mean, like that, Brian. I, no, no, I'm, I'm right no, there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm no, right I'm, there. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do no, that. Okay. I'm, it's, I'm just right old, pe- it's just what old people do when they get certainly so, disgusted at times. Sometimes your voice, what's in your head, <laughs> just pops out. Like, that I think, I think they made a movie, days. Liar, Liar, I think is what it was. Yeah, something like I'm that. right there with them because when you were asking the question, you saw me. I'm, I'm yeah, shaking yeah. my head because yeah. I just I don't like um, the depth at this at this point. But the Cowboys brought in Edoga to be. Yeah. Exactly that. If you have yeah. a veteran, if you have one of your starters go down, that mm-hmm. they wanted him to come in and step in. But he's had a not great camp. Uh, he's coming off of a hyperextended knee, which isn't helping this case. Um, so I think that's going to be their first go to. And then they work themselves backward from there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't feel confident right now <laughs> behind that top five. So I'm hoping that uh, Tyler Smith's, you know, hamstring tightness, it loosens up. They work it out. And I will be completely fine with. Um, not seeing Tyler Smith on the practice field until Friday, maybe the walk through Saturday because of his importance on, on Sunday. See, Derek, I'm glad you brought back the subject because I really thought we were just going <laughs> to glaze over it. Like, oh, it's not me. Because Terrence got paid. Well, so. and the way you said it, too, to start off, well, the team is not concerned. You know, they're going to see right. what he does yeah, and all that. That's always the public and, but way I, you look I thought at we, it, right? That yeah. was it. I yeah. really thought that was going to be the end of it. And no. I'm glad you brought <laughs> no. it up because I'm like, okay, hold up. Hold, wait, hold a minute. Up. wait a I, minute. I, I am I'm <laughs> trying to stay. I'm trying to stay calm, but... I have PTSD. Like, I'm going through, I mean, this is, like, we, again, was it last year with, um, when did it happen with Tyron? It was in training camp. Tyron Smith. It's like, when can, will there ever be a time that we can finally feel okay with the O-line as far as not having 
worries anymore. And going back to 2016, 2016, yeah, right. <laughs> when Dak took over and he had that great O line protecting him and creating the running game for Zeke and all of that. And it's just like, man, we, this O line cannot catch a break. And if Tyler Smith, and he's one of the guys, and I mentioned him, like, um, I did my sideline interview with him yeah. the last preseason game and one of the things that, that he mentioned again is his ability to play comfortably at both positions like he is such an asset on the O-line that losing again I'm, I'm kind of taking it way further <laughs> we're not talking about losing him <laughs> we'll see but it's just it's something to definitely be concerned about because the backup and the depth there is just not it's difficult where it yeah. needs to be it's pa- Patrick's right that usually coaches will go with what they know, mm-hmm. and that's a veteran player. Okay, that being said, I was talking to Nate Newton before our show today. Mm-hmm. Nate's like, I asked him, said, who would you play? And he said he'd play Awesome Richards there. And he said, I'm but if that. it happens something on the right side, he says, I'd put Bass over there. I personally have Bass as my sixth guy. And when you talk about the starting mm-hmm. five, I feel like that you could plug Bass in, and especially the way that the Giants play with their defensive tackles, that's big inside. Power, yeah. Power. And the one thing I know that T.J. Bass will do is he'll play with hands inside and he'll play with some power in there. And nothing against Awesome Richards there, but I just feel like that, that Bass has shown me more in these games where you know he's gone out there and he hasn't given up pressures. That you know when the running game's been behind him, there's been opportunity and stuff. So, me personally, I would go with T.J. Bass. I think he's my sixth best lineman. You know, first guy off the bench, if you want to say, that would be it for me. All right, let's flip over to the uh, right tackle on some better note. On a better mm-hmm. note, yeah, uh, Cowboys pay him like. Terrence Steele has got paid. He got a deal that uh, that's going to have him here, presumably for the next several years, uh, and and be making a pretty decent amount of money there uh, at right tackle. Talk to me about your thoughts on the deal when you first heard it, uh, heard it come through that that the Cowboys had had made this deal final. Bravo, bravo, um, and and for all involved. I mean, when you're talking about Terrence Steele, you're talking about an undrafted guy out of Texas Tech, and I, I recall, you know, Pepperidge Farm remembers in 2020 when he had to take over on that right side, and there was a lot of justifiable panic about could that, oh yeah, could that, could that hold out? Three years now, three years later, five year deal. Yeah, uh, Max is out at 91 million dollars, 50 million dollars guaranteed, and the owner and general manager hops on the radio today and calls you a cornerstone player. Uh, and I think that's justifiable when you look at what Terrence Steele brings to the table at starting right tackle. And the the narrative has completely flipped from 2020 when there was concern to now when there was this offseason flux of Jerry Jones hinting at the possibility of Terrence moving inside. Now everybody's like, oh no, you can't do that. That tells you how good Terrence Steele has become. And bravo on the Cowboys for, uh, again, getting ahead of the curve in, in these contract negotiations where typically they're a little delayed in locking these guys up. This summer shows that they've kind of found that that groove and hit that switch and said, let's get these, this done before it becomes a problem. What's happened is that if they're willing to work with you, if you're not willing to, if you don't want to reset the market, yeah, they oh, yeah. will they will figure it out. Oh, if yeah. you become, if you say you, hey, I want to be the fifth best paid cornerback in the league, they'll work okay. with you. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Hey, I want to be the fourth, fifth best offensive tackle paid in the league. They'll figure it out. It's when you go in there and ask to reset the market that these guys are like, eh, you know, we'll think about this one. Unless you're Michael. 
Yeah, but if you're yeah, and but that's 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 going to be a whole another story. But they realize what's ahead. Yeah, you you could check. you could sit there and say, oh well, they're going to try and sign him as a linebacker. Are they going to try and sign him? As a, no, they know the number is going to yeah. be high. Yeah. yeah, you know you can look at what's about to happen in San Francisco with Bosa and those mm-hmm. guys. Yep. You know that's going to give you an idea because that's probably going to be the first thirty-five million dollar non-quarterback yeah. in this league. That and and you know all of a sudden you're you're talking about you have one or two or three of the best uh, best defensive players in the league mm-hmm. you know so that number is going to be high they know that you it doesn't matter the position that's going to be a totally different cat but if you're if you're cd lamb and others that are talking about doing your deals it goes smart to me if you find a way to kind of plug yourself in i, I can live with being the fourth highest paid guy again that they seem to find ways to work with you where they're not being tagged as the group that's resetting the market every year. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about this for me is I'm looking at all the guys that they have to sign over the next year particularly, and I think what they've done is they've put themselves in a really good position now to where they have that franchise tag sitting out there if they can't come to a deal with C.D. Lamb. I know Mm -hmm. that's probably not what C.D. wants to hear, but it does create that opportunity because you think about it. They would have gone into this offseason if they had, let's say, Terrence Steele and CD, and they're trying to figure out who they're just going to let or go Diggs. into free agency. Or Diggs. Diggs was yeah. a right? So there, there's, that's, a, that's a situation where they've kind of shored, shored that up a little bit for themselves. And now they have some flexibility on that. Now, at the end of the day, I think they still want to get a, a long-term mm-hmm. deal done. I don't think anybody necessarily wants to go into a, a situation where CD is playing on a franchise tag. But it is an option, and it does leave them that option now that they've uh, done a good job of getting those other deals done. I'm super, super happy about Terrence Steele and what he's been able to overcome and where he's at right now. Derek, I remember vividly us having our show mm-hmm. out in Tostito Plaza mm-hmm. with Nick and Dave, and we were t- having this conversation of, like, what are they doing with this guy? He needs to get <laughs> out of there. Like, he is not good. But they stuck with him. Yeah. And it was one of those things well, where we were questioning the coaching staff. I was yeah. like, why are they keeping him in there? Clearly, he's not at the they level saw that something. he needs Well, to I remember last year the Tampa game right off the jump. It was a tough game for mm-hmm. him, and we were all like going, okay, this is where – but then, you know – He shut people up. Yeah, this – this including me. This is uh, this is the thing when you watch him play. There's a clear difference with the way the Cowboys run the ball with him and Martin together. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, oh, well, Smith and Martin together, that's going to be just fine. It wasn't as clean mm-hmm. and as – pretty as when you get when you get Steele and Martin. They have a feel for how to play hip-to-hip, second-level scoops, reaches, all those things that you do, offensive line techniques to secure down guys and get to linebackers. But Smith and Martin didn't have that, that cohesiveness mm-hmm. last year running the football. You could see it. But with having Steele back in there, I, I think that's a, getting Martin done, the little bit of extension they got him, getting Steele done, that's two, as they talk about, two cornerstone-type pieces on that right side. And, and also credit to Terrence Steele for just attacking this rehab from this torn yeah. ACL in, in the manner in which he did because you know if you're Terrence Steele, you're going into this offseason restricted free agent, uh, you tear the ACL, and you just you don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. He could have gotten really down about it, and but instead he attacked it full on to the point where the Cowboys were so impressed not only with how he rehabbed and his mind state through it, he finished ahead of schedule. Got back in training camp, looked great from minute one in training camp, hasn't missed a practice since. And that's this is them rewarding him for that as much as they're rewarding him for his progression over the course of his career. So kudos to Terrence Steele and our good friend Duke Manyweather, who did a lot of good work with Terrence Steele. Absolutely. 
Before we go to break there real quick, I walked in this morning, early morning. I see a guy out there on the field jumping rope. I'm like, who, who's out there working this early? Terrence Steele. There you go. So that is, it, it's really cool to see when someone gets paid like that, to see that they're not like, okay, I got my money. Let me just go about my day mm-hmm. and do the basics and the, what you need to do. He's out there working hard, and that's that's really cool to now, see. So uh, Diggs found a, a new gear after his contract got signed. He was already had, he already had that dog mentality, but he got that contract, and everybody you know outside of the building is like, oh, well, once a player gets a, a new contract, they kind of lay back. Diggs is sharpening his teeth even more so. So, I mean, the culture in this locker room mm-hmm. is just fantastic. All right, we're going to take our first break when we come back we've got uh, some season i guess i'll call it the season beginning uh type questions for you guys i want you guys to set the table for our fans out there listening and in the third segment we got a new segment for you guys we call it lab coat and in, in uh in typical no see fashion no see is in that that lab coat and uh he's he gonna give us some some of his science he's gonna give us some of his science yeah, here science. in the third segment let's take our break let's come back Thomas we'll jump Dolby into the 2023 <laughs> season we'll right back dallascowboys.com radio Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language, you must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from my next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Rally Day is presented by SeatGeek. Give NFL fans an experience of a lifetime. The day prior to the Dallas Cowboys home game on September 16th, enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of AT&T Stadium and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for more information and to get your tickets today. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and this segment is presented by blockchain.com. 
All right, let's get it to the 2023 season. I got some questions lined up for you guys. They are intended to make you think, so think before you answer. And uh, we will see if uh, if I can trip you up a little bit. All right. (laughs) Uh, Question number one. The area that will have the greater impact over last season. There are three options I'm going to give you. One, change from Kellen Moore to Mike McCarthy calling plays. Mm. Two, the addition of Brandon Cooks. Or three, the addition of Gilmore. I'm going to go with the addition of Brandon Cooks. Uh, I don't think that the and McCarthy has said it time and again. They're not throwing away Kellen Moore's playbook. Um, they've kept most of it, and they they've kept the language for Dak Prescott. Um, now it's just a matter of tweaking it to Mike McCarthy's play style, and and situationally is when it really will come into play. But when you talk about Brandon Cooks, this is a guy who's um, produced more than a thousand yards in six different seasons with several different teams, and if he does it um, with a seventh being the Cowboys this year, he will make NFL history. Um, so this is the caliber guy that's coming to help take the top off, um, compliment C.D. Lamb, takes the pressure off of Michael Gallup, who looks like he's ready to have a bounce back um you know the presence of him and cooks helping the progression of jalen tobert as well i mean i think cooks just top to bottom on the field uh dynamic that's an a plus uh locker room dynamic that's an a plus what he brings to what the cowboys can do offensively i just think that you know even when you look at what gilmore is likely going to be for the cowboys defense i still think cooks is the the bigger spark as far as going in Absolutely agree. Every time I, I haven't seen a single bat play between Dak and Cooks, and I'm sure maybe it has happened. Maybe I was walking and looking somewhere else or something. But every time I've had my eyes on them too, it's a completion every single time. So that just brings a whole new spark to the offense. And as far as Mike McCarthy calling the plays, we haven't seen enough of that. I feel we haven't seen what that. It's going to exactly look like just yet. And my mentality and belief is like, okay, if it was that much different from what Kellen Moore was doing, why didn't you step in sooner or like take command? And I get it, uh, you know, what, what do you call it over there? For us, it's like office politics or uh, what happens over there. But my my thing is, if you you're the leader. Same thing. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, you can call it that. Football politics, over, coaching politics over go. there. If you're the leader and you see something that you strongly believe in, I always think you should step in and gear towards the right direction that you think you're gonna that's going to lead your team to better success. So, again, I don't know how different he's going to be from Kellen Moore. I'm sure. I'm positive it'll look somewhat different. But overall, I just don't have enough information on that aspect. But I do know for a fact that Brandon Cooks, it's going to be a badass yeah. for the Dallas Cowboys offense. Stephon Gilmore is better than Anthony Brown. Mm. So all of a sudden now you've got somebody that you were attacking last year because of digs on the other side. And so I, I, you can't go that way now. You can't, you know, when you're looking at, you know, with digs, people could throw away from him last couple of years. They can't do that now. That guy over there is a veteran player. He's he's very savvy. He's smart. You can't fool him on routes. So pick your poison, as they say. Do you want to attack Diggs, who plays the ball well, 
or do you want to attack Gilmore that understands what you're trying to do to him scheme-wise? He will make the biggest difference on this team. I will say this. Uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you guys say, but I don't think any of that stuff is going to be a bigger impact on this team than the change of Mike McCarthy calling plays. The reason why is because what do we always say? What, what does every fan, you talk to any fan that's been the fan of the Dallas Cowboys, what do they say is their biggest complaint? Cowboys have Dak. not been able to get no well that too the but they have one. not but they have not been able to get over that hump. Yes. They're good throughout the regular season, they get to the postseason and they're not able to get over that hump. I really do believe you look at the two games, there were two games in particular last season that Mike McCarthy keeps pointing to when he talks about the change. Mm. He talks about that Green Bay game, he talks oh, yeah. about that Jacksonville game. Oh, yeah. I think his ability, and people forget Mike McCarthy was a really good play caller in Green Bay. And and so you give someone with that level of experience. Uh, the ability to call the offense when you have a guy like Brandon Cooks that you added to it, who's only your second wide receiver, and you've got so many other weapons, I think he's going to make the game a lot more efficient. I think he's going to make Dak more efficient. I think they're going to get the ball out quick. They're going to force defenses to cover the entire field. Mm -hmm. I think they will be better in those games, those games that are the pivotal games, whether that be those games in the season that will give you a better seeding when the postseason gets here, or those postseason games, I think he will be that much better than Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore did a fine job, but he'll be that much better to where I think at the end of the day, that's going to be the difference between <laughs> the Cowboys from last year and the Cowboys. This what was year. the what was the common denominator of the the losses in Green Bay and Jacksonville? They attacked the young corner. Well, that was part of it. I think part of it was they they actually as the game wore on. I think there were points in that game that they probably should have been a little more conservative in their play calling. Bingo. And I think that's how he Bingo. looks at it. Bingo. And I think that's what that's, frustrated that's, him more than anything else. He took the Green Bay loss personally. Yep. And mm -hmm. I think that was oh, the we can tell that after. Yeah, yeah, he took that loss oh, personally. Yeah. I think that was also the beginning of the end oh, there sure. for, from oh, that Oh, sure. But that's yeah. what I'm saying there. Where, where McCarthy will make a difference is trying to run the football. And now it's up to... Brian Schottenheimer, you know, this, this, this staff to be able to find ways when teams are going to be physical. They're going to play teams that have a physical front. The common denominator is they struggle against teams running the ball with a really good front seven. They're just not physical enough. So the, the, the way that you do what Derek, I think, is trying to get to is that you, you better find a way to run the ball against somebody like San Francisco, the Commanders, mm -hmm. somebody that, can, that has a big front, a physical front. Really? Because if you don't do it, you can throw the ball all day with this crew. There's no question about that. Running the football is going to be what makes or breaks Mike McCarthy this year. I agree. And I, I, I was going to say that really quickly. I do also believe that based on schematics, um, you're going to see a lot of these quick outs to these backs out of the backfield as kind of quasi-running plays as well. So that's going to factor into what is or is not a run play because if it's a quick bubble screen or a quick hit to the flat, then that technically might be utilized as a run play, just not technically a run play. So keep an eye on that as well. I was going to say that one thing I really appreciate and, and admire that Mike McCarthy has been able to do is keep the team together and everyone is all in and this is despite all the changes that have occurred sometimes that can start breaking and dividing groups into you know when you start changing coaches position coaches it's like okay now we're kind of breaking apart but it's done the opposite everybody I think respects Mike McCarthy and it's all in this season so the 
vibe in the locker room. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, chemistry. Chemistry, culture. Culture. Mm. The locker room culture, but chemistry too, Brian. Thank you. Thank you. There we science. go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the point is, I, I think that will also show in the season and translate to what he does calling uh, games and what the team is doing on the field. So I, I'm very much looking forward to this year, and I think it'll be this team is definitely better than it was last year. All right, let's get one more question before we take our final break. Bigger reason to think Dallas's defense will be the best in the league, Micah Parsons or Dan Quinn? <laughs> let's go Michael Parsons. And, and I say that because um, Dan Quinn going to Dan Quinn. I mean, we, we know what Dan Quinn is going to do. He, he's going to be um, one of, if not arguably the best defensive coordinator in, in the league this year, as he has been since he, you know, came in um, a couple seasons ago. But Michael Parsons, I said this earlier in training camp, you see what he did in year one and then you, you challenge him and you say, okay, all right. Let's see if you can do that again. He doesn't only replicate it. He actually ups it. So then you see that and you're like, okay, I mean, how much further can he? And then you stop your statement because you see in training camp, he is literally unstoppable. And that is what we're looking at from Michael Parsons. The fact that he could arguably be the best defensive player in the entire league this year. That for me um, is, is enough to put him as far as, you know, what will be the driver for this Cowboys defense. Obviously, Dan Quinn and the ability to maestro it all and put it all together, that's going to be, you know, paramount for the success of, of the of the unit going forward. But Micah Parsons just looks I – mean, we knew he was different, but I'm running out of adjectives for, <laughs> for this kid. And um, that tells you that there is no ceiling for him. It just keeps going up, up, up. So, you know, I'm not even going to say good luck to, to the opposition. Bad luck to you because this this guy's coming. I agree with every word you said, but well, at the same time. Today. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> at the same time, it takes more than one to tango. So you need the team. You need Dan Quinn of course. putting together everything that he's uh, put together in the defense overall. Everything that he was able to do during the offseason to keep the main core guys here. Yes. And also the additions that he's brought in. I think you look at every level and there are some questions, you know, with the safeties right now or even linebackers but all in all he's been able to develop some guys the only guy that comes to mind that was kind of like quote-unquote a fail but not a fail you traded the guy recently but kelvin joseph he he's the only guy that i've seen like it was a dan quinn either no i was gonna say yes yes but it's not a dan quinn everybody else player fail everybody else under dan quinn he's been able to keep their careers going and make them once again relevant, I think. So I give a lot of credit to what he's building here. But I agree. I mean, you can't. That's Micah why I Parsons laugh. This, is this, it's a hell of a question, Derek Eagleton. <laughs> make you think. Micah Parsons is only as good as Dan Quinn, in my opinion. Huh? Ooh. That's a strong opinion there, Brian. Yeah. Ooh. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, now we yeah. <laughs> In this debate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move about two inches over on that. <laughs> I, think, I think that if teams really want to take Micah Parsons out of the game, they could commit people to it. Mm-hmm. Now the trick is, how does Dan Quinn know that? 
Micah Parsons has built himself up. He's put more body armor on. He realizes the rigors of the season got to him a little bit last year. He got wore down. He In the second half, he, he had pressures, but he didn't have the sacks. He knows, he knows he has to be physically bigger and be able to do that. But now it's going to be up to Dan Quinn to figure out how to use him, where to put him, where to not let him have to deal with double teams or triple teams or teams trying to run the ball at him uh, you know, with the, with the read option stuff like Philadelphia does, freeze him during a game. Dan Quinn's the one that's going to have to figure out, though, if people do take Micah Parsons away, how do I get Sam Williams involved? How do I get Curse involved? How do I get Mozzie Smith involved? You know, there's going to be the, the whole thing about about Mike is, yes, you know, top of the level ability, but his coach is going to be the one that gets him into those spots. And if they take him away, Dan's got to be smart enough to get everybody else involved. This can't just be a one player defense. It's like Ambar says, it's a collective group. If it's one guy out, 10 other guys have got to make up for it and make Dan Quinn the 11th one on that because he's got to get everybody in shape to, to make it work. Yeah, as I started thinking about this question, my thought was if I had to lose one of them, which one would I prefer to lose? And the, the fact of the matter is, Brian, I think Dan Quinn makes this defense great. Yeah. Michael Parson makes it special. Yeah. So yeah. if I had to lose one, I think I'm actually going to go the route of saying – I'll, I may be okay with losing Micah, mainly because I know this defense is still going to be great. The The issue becomes if you if you don't have Dan Quinn, I don't know that we, even with Micah, it's great. Like, that's yeah. the point. Like, I, with, with Dan Quinn and Micah, it's special. It's really special, I, I, right? talk, I talked to somebody in the front office about this because of the conversation we had about Isaiah Lamb. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Land. And I said, man, it's a shame. You know, I wanted yeah. this kid. I had him on my 53. The guy told me, he goes, Brian, we got pass rushers. Yeah. Tons of don't, don't feel bad. We yeah. got pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he's including Micah Parsons in that. But their attitude about it is we can rush the passer, Brian. Don't feel like player 53, even though I think maybe down the line we're going to see this kid probably play pretty well for Indianapolis. You know, but they feel like that they do have pass rushers. Yep. All right. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We've got a new segment for you. Get a lab coat. Get to some science here. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYS 
Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash Cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Do you eat, sleep, and breathe Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how spiced up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan, and win exclusive prize plus a trip to Super Bowl 58. Glad they didn't use Roman numerals on that one. <laughs> Nominate <laughs> yourself or another today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. Welcome back. Final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I'm so excited. This is week one of the NFL season. We had a really great weekend of college football last weekend. So you start putting all that together, man. This is the most magical time of the year. I love it. Yes. Absolutely love it. We got a segment for you guys, though. Brand new segment. Actually, every day, each of our different hosts will have different segments. As you guys know, Brian always does his uh, his scouting takes uh, on offense and defense for the upcoming opponent. We'll get into some of that tomorrow and Thursday. And then Friday, Amber's got a new segment for us. Oh, yeah. Don't quite know what it's going to be yet, but she's devising something uh, that she'll have for us on, on Fridays. <laughs> on Fridays. But for today, on Tuesday, every Tuesday, we'll get into a little science in with the lab coat. Is mm-hmm. what you call it. Lab coat with a K. No C. Expensive. No C. Always no C. K O A T. Lab coat with a K. Bring me in, Beamer. With Mr. Patrick Walker. Yes, science. There it is. <laughs> um, so, what we're going to do with Lab Coat Weekly is we're going to uh, reach into the proverbial lab coat. We're going to bring out one or two items, uh, one or two tools that help us dissect the science of either the Cowboys going into a game, mm-hmm. coming out of a game, or the opposition going in or coming out. Uh, this week, we're going to focus on uh, a couple of interesting. Um, numbers that that basically I dug up for the New York Giants. Hmm. Uh, one of which is the number 62. 62, ladies and gentlemen, 62%. If you force this game on Saquon Barkley, you will discover that Daniel Jones cannot be the hero. To the point where if you force Daniel Jones to have an accuracy rating of 62 or less, the likelihood of the uh, Giants losing that game goes up exponentially. Example, the Giants were 1-5 last season when Daniel Jones completed less than 62% of his passes, uh, respectively, against Dallas in both of those losses. He was 54% completion in Week 3, 60% in Week 12. Uh, That forces, again, Saquon Barkley, who in the nine wins for the Giants averaged almost 105 yards per carry. Stop Saquon Barkley, force the game on the arm of Daniel Jones, and you will likely win this game. Second thing, 27. 27, ladies and gentlemen. That is the average number of points of the eight losses under Brian Daybo last season for the New York Giants. If you can amount to 27 points of production, your chances of defeating the New York Giants goes up exponentially because now obviously we haven't seen Jalen Hyatt just yet. We haven't seen Darren Wilder in that offense. Um, But based on Dayball and his play calling last season, if you can score 27 points, uh, then you have a great chance of winning. And the Cowboys can do that with the addition of Brandon Cooks in an offense that, you know, when they had the Amari Cooper years, CeeDee Lamb and, and Michael Gallup, they were averaging, you know, well above that. So 62 and 27, that, those are the numbers that you're looking for. 
keep Daniel Jones under 62% and score 27 points. I got mm. a question for you because you, you related the, the 62% to Saquon. And obviously, if you, the, I guess the point you're making is if you, don't, if you make him throw more, mm-hmm. the percentage will be less. Is that what you're saying? Or do you think there are other factors involved with his percentage going down? So, for example, could it be he doesn't play well under pressure? Like if you can pressure him, that will drive that percentage Correct. down. What are the things that drive that percentage down that Dallas needs to be focused on it's, and actually get it down? It's exactly that. It's the pressure. Because if you stop Saquon Barkley, if you can bottle him up, then you're forcing the game to be one-dimensional. Now you get to unleash your pass rush. If you get to unleash your pass rush, yes, Daniel Jones has shown he has some mobility. But for the most part, he doesn't play well in the pocket under duress consistently from a play-to-play basis. So force him to throw the ball more. And then when he's under duress, now you have play call. You have play stoppers Stephon Gilmore Trevon Diggs Donovan Wilson the list goes on and on in that secondary Malik Hooker that can keep his completion rate low and get takeaways at the same time so force him to throw the ball pressure him and then make sure that when he's throwing that ball be it disruptions in the backfield or disruptions uh, in the secondary make sure that those are incomplete and uh, again the numbers don't lie. If he throws for less than 62% accuracy, the chances of the Giants winning that game go way down. I think I'm more worried about Daniel Jones running the ball than I am throwing the ball. Hmm. I think he adds an element to their offense. Again, I'm, we'll talk about the Giants in the next couple of days. But I worry about his ability to make broken plays. If you look at where... You know, the, the Giants, and this is a little bit of last year, I think they were fourth in rushing in the league is what they were. And, and, and a lot of it had to do with their ability with Barkley, though with also what Daniel Jones was kicking in there. You know, So to me, if you ask me what do you need to take away from the Giants, I think it's the ability of Daniel Jones to escape. And his ability to turn bad plays into big plays. And that's 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 the thing that kills defenses on third down. You get him in a third and eight, third and nine, and all of a sudden he drops back and then he runs for twenty-five yards. You know, I, I think that's the thing that I'm scared about the most of his ability to use his legs. I think he's more comfortable doing that now. This is gonna sound like a crazy question. But seeing as though you're that concerned, would you be concerned enough? Where you're willing to dedicate a resource, resource no. especially on on cer- no. certain downs, I, to spying him. Yeah, the problem I'm running into it depends on who you got <laughs> spying. Yeah, because I need Micah Russian because right. I'm I'm nervous about Sam Williams. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm worried about Sam Williams playing in this game. We'll see what today brings, and hopefully tomorrow's a better day. Right now, I'm a little nervous. So I'm thinking about pass rushers. I'm thinking about I got to get pressure. I'm going to have to mention I got to stop Darren Waller. I mm-hmm. can't just let him right. kill me on underneath stuff. All of a sudden it's it's you know they need they need 7 and they throw it to him for 13. You know, I just I've got it. So do you think you use curse in that way? No, I maybe need curse to cover. I might need Wilson to cover. Somebody is going to, you know, Van Der Esch. How do you play with Van Der Esch? They'll throw the ball to Saquon Barkley, yeah, too. So now you've got to worry about the stupid swing routes that they throw, the screens or the Texas route where he goes out and mm-hmm. in. Similar route that that what Vaughn scored on in uh, in the game uh, against uh, Seattle, I believe. That, you know, that little inside route. Or it might have been Jacksonville. But you know what I'm saying? So they've got legitimate weapons now. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. The Giants used to not have weapons. 
Now they have guys that you have to match up. But I do worry about that quarterback running with the, running with the football because if he's having success running the ball, throwing might not he might not have to throw. He might not have to. I throw. think eventually he's going to have to throw. And you're you're you know I I don't disagree with the totality of the point. Just a couple things in that. Oh no, you're right. He's going to throw, yeah, but he's going to have. How much you can you make him throw the ball thirty or forty times? That's when. That's when your coverage that's when he, comes. That's in. when it plays right. into your hands. Right. But if it turns into he's eighteen of twenty three in this game or something like that. That's where he's most. That, that's 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 could be a problem for the Cowboys, yeah. right? Well, there. well, here's the the beauty of it is. Um, Daniel Jones in the Dan Quinn era, he's 0-3 versus yeah. Dan Quinn. And he has... They only, knocked him out one well, time, right? He, right. He, he's 0-3 versus Dan Quinn. He has one passing touchdown and one interception to match that passing mm-hmm. touchdown. So Dan Quinn... I believe knows that's part of the formula, yeah. but Dan, back to question Dan Quinn two. has. I knew, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Dan Q has the has the blueprint. imagine that. Right? Yeah. yeah, Dan Quinn science. has the blue. <laughs> nice, right here, right here, yeah, right, here right here, right here, right here, right here. Dan Quinn has the uh, the blueprint, but more importantly than the blueprint, he has the personnel and the yes. tools set to execute the blueprint against. But the, and I will say this though. Again, we'll get into the Giants next couple of days. I think the Giants personnel wise are better than what we've seen in the last. That's two, fair. three years, skill-wise. That's fair. And they've well, tried to make some it. upgrades within, you know, new center. The two tackles are good play. I mean, it's it's a different different offense for sure. And going back to your second point about the 27 points yeah. that they need to score, score. you talked about the, uh, the weapons on the offense. But something that I've noticed um, that seems to be reoccurring is that the tight ends usually tend to have a really good game against the Giants. Blake Jarwin, yeah. he would Blake always was the Giants killer. he would he would ball <laughs> out against the Giants. But even past him, Dalton Schultz, I yeah. I remember. So it's always for some reason the tight ends tend to stand out and play a really good game against the Giants. So I think that's not going to be any different this time around. And I think that's another weapon that the Cowboys will be able to utilize offensively. Get to 27 points, and I can almost guarantee you, you walk out of MetLife with a win. Even with their added weapons, because you have the defensive personnel who can pressure and stop those weapons. So if you if the Cowboys can get at least 27 points, I mean, I put money on the table. That so, Cowboys take that game. So tomorrow we'll start telling you how they do that. Brian yeah. has this segment. We'll start with the Cowboys offense versus the Giants defense tomorrow mm-hmm. and tell you a little bit about how the Cowboys may be able to get to that 27 mark threshold. Till then. For Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?